All right, so, um, yeah, I, I think a little bit was sharing, shared with you. Uh, my name's Ramon Lyonez. Um, I, I am Hispanic. My mother's Filipino. My dad's his, uh, Mexican and Native American. So when I used to teach uh, culinary school, I'd tell people that I was like Mex Mexican-Colombian because of the mix. And boy, you'd see the students, and they're like, really? And I'm like, oh, no. Man, I got a bright group with me today. But uh, the thing is, um, God loves all people. He, regardless of culture, or regardless of your background, where you've come from, uh, if he did not, uh, he would never have sent his son, Jesus Christ, his only son, to uh, die on a cross for each one of us. Even while we were sinners, we were children of wrath, uh, enemies of God. And uh, we're going to talk about faith, real faith. And that's going to be a hard subject to talk about because it's confusing. If you listen to what Paul has said about faith, and saved by grace and faith, and then you listen to James, you know, faith without works is dead, oftentimes people will hear the two and they, they uh, so people, people say, well, the, maybe the Bible's contradicting itself. I, I thought, I didn't think it was about works, and, but I also thought it was just about faith. And, and then James comes along and says, well, you know, it's not just uh, faith, it's, it's works too. But you're going to find out by the end of this sermon that it's just two sides of a coin, okay? They, they go together. God is not a God of confusion. He's a God of order. And sometimes we just have to look at it and look at it straight on. And it's going to take some time. You know, we do not understand everything that God understands. Look at those pictures of the universe. You know, that's crazy. And some of the, you know, how do we even know those things existed until now? But they absolutely do, and he, he knew. So uh, let's get into this. I'm going to share some stories with you, too, um, about my faith walk and about things that have happened. If you, keep, if you keep seeing me do this, it's just the shape of my ear. Okay, I need elf ears. You see those guys? Okay, because it keeps falling off my face. So I literally have this thing taped on my face. And I told the crew in the back, you know, I've used duct tape before. And that's the truth, you know, because when I started preaching, one time I, I just do this a lot. And next thing you know, it's falling off my face and stuff. So, but when my blood sugar's low and I'm trying to talk out of this thing, you, you see my hand like this and I'm giving you things that you, you're thinking I'm nervous. And I am nervous, but not that nervous. So, uh, so let's, let's read God's word and let's get into God's word and what he has to share with us today. Real faith in Jesus as Lord or just empty words. Real faith in Jesus will produce works. This is James, um, chapter 2, verses 14 through 20, and then verse 26. All right? And I'm using the New uh, Living Version. Uh, the New Living Version tends to be more readable for people and easier to understand, but it is not a paraphrase. It is, it's been around since 1969. I use NIV, NLT. I love the way that here at the church we use NLT, but in something that's so uh, controversial as these scriptures are in dealing with this, I found that it would be easier for us to really take a look at and understand. It says, my Christian brothers, what good does it do if you say you have faith but do not do things that prove you have faith? 
Okay, don't do the things that prove that you have faith. Can that kind of faith save you from the punishment of sin? What if a Christian does not have clothes or food, and one of you says to him, goodbye, keep yourself warm, and eat well? But if you do not give him what he needs, how does that help him? A faith that does not do things is a dead faith. So we're talking about it's a dead faith, okay? Now, uh, that, that's kind of challenging for people because when we're talking about dead faith, what does that mean? Okay? What does that mean? You know, sometimes we'll ask ourselves, uh, am I saved? Do I have faith? You'll see faith all through the word of God. Faith, 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 faith. And, and you ask yourself, now James is saying a dead faith. What is a dead faith? Okay? Someone may say, you have faith, and, do th- and I do things. Prove to me you have faith when you are doing nothing. I will prove to you I have faith by doing things. I'll prove to you that I have, have faith by doing things. Now, I'm just going to let you know, one of the things I used to do was, uh, I used to be a lot taller, okay? But, uh, yeah, I know it's crazy, isn't it? All right, even without my heels. All right, and uh, but I got I joined the Marine Corps when I was 17, and my mom said I was crazy, and she was right. But at 17, you're not thinking straight. And when I finished my time in the Marine Corps, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to join the Airborne. So when I finished the, my time in the Marine Corps, I went over to the 82nd Airborne. So my dad said, you're crazy, because now you're jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. Okay. Over the years of jumping out of airplanes, I kept going like that, smacking my back and my legs and everything. Now I'm rheumatoid arthritis is settled in, my hips are gone, all right, and I'm literally shorter. Okay, it's on record. <laughs> I didn't have that to look. I didn't have that to lose. Okay, but uh, what I'm trying to say is there are things called airborne wings. Okay, there are things that when you get into the military, there are things that you get to show that you've done something or that you have accomplished something, like expert infantry badge, combat infantry badge, things like that. Uh, There's a thing called stolen valor or stolen glory. And people will walk around with uniforms and they have all these, they're a billboard of things they've never done. And you know when you're in the military that that's true because you'll look and see things are out of place. They're not, there's no way. There's no way that they could have done that and all these things put together. And unfortunately, for some of us Christians, we say we're Christians. We say we're Christians. It's just words. And there's nothing to show for it. Now, I am not doubting your faith. I'm not questioning whether you're a Christian or not. But you'll see later on that Jesus, and we, 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 we say things like, don't judge me. Even Christians say that to each other. But in the word, the word discern means to judge too. So we have to look at that. Are we dealing with things like that? Because we have to look at ourselves too. And as we go on, we'll see what Jesus has to say. 
So James says, if you are a Christian, show me. I should, I should see it in works. It should be evident in your works, in the transformation and changes that you have in your life. Now, we're going to read what Paul has to say, but oftentimes you'll see the passage of James and the passage of Paul and you'll think they're different and that they're disagreeing. And sometimes we don't like it. We like what Paul has to say. We don't like what James has to, James has to say. But James sometimes is that hard coach. Sometimes God's word is that way. It just throws it in your face. Jesus would say things to people, to the Pharisee and the Sadducee, even to his disciples, and make them think and stop them in their tracks and say, you need to think about this. If you're my father, you, you, if you love me, you will obey my commands. That's tough. That's not something we like to share. When we share the gospel with people, we say, we say, you're going to be saved. You want to be saved? You want to be saved from the fires of hell? You want to have eternal life in heaven? I tend to go, do you want to be with Jesus? Even if he's in a desert, do you want to be with Jesus forever in a desert? Because that's the thing. You want to be with God, not in heaven. Heaven could be whatever God wants it to be. Is your life changing? Is, is there evidence of change in your life? You believe there is one God, verse 19. You believe there is one God, that is good. But even the demons believe that. And because they do, they shake. When I was a, a young Christian, I read that. I kind of like filed that away in chapter 13. Or is that file 13? I have trouble with English, okay? I may not speak Spanish very well, but I, had, I have problems with English too, okay? So, uh, yeah, I, would, I didn't want to listen to that. Oh, man, the demons even. And then, you know, you say, well, if I believe and confess that he is God, well, guess what? The demons confessed he was God. They would even say, you're the son of God. And Jesus would say, be quiet. Yeah, I don't want you to say a word right now. And guess what? They had to be quiet. But they shook. They trembled because they knew why. They knew who he was. And they knew that they, God cast them out of heaven. The demons personally knew who God is, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They saw him even before they were... They knew firsthand. They had firsthand knowledge of who Jesus was. And that's the kind of belief that James is talking about. Many people can say, I, I share this at the first service, uh, I imagine Jesus walking down the village, or maybe hanging out in the village square, and this person goes, oh yeah, that's Jesus. That's the carpenter's son. And then they go about their business. Well, there's a belief. There's intellectual knowledge that that's Jesus. But then there's these crazy dudes and dudettes. Okay, that follow this Jesus guy, and Jesus would say, who am I? And they would say, you're the son of God. You are the Messiah. You are the Savior, the promised one. And they would follow him. 
There is a difference. Because guess what? The demons knew, but they chose disobedience. They chose to walk away. And that's why he was, they were afraid. They knew what was coming. They knew who they were dealing with. But sometimes, sometimes people do the same thing. Sometimes people see pictures of the uh, creation or a baby being born. That's one of the things that changed my life, seeing my youngest son be born, seeing life come into the world. When my job was to take it out, It broke me, man. It literally cracked my head. Changed my life. But even the demons believe. That means you can have a demonic faith. I'm not saying you're possessed. I'm just saying you can have a faith like a demon. You believe who Jesus is. You say, hey, he's the son of God. He's a, yeah, I know he is. But do you follow him? They don't follow. So James goes on to say, you foolish man, do I have to prove to you that faith without doing things is of no use? Here's 26. The body is dead when there is no spirit in it. It is the same with faith. Faith is dead when nothing is done. Faith is dead when nothing is done. Now I joked with Rex, and I said, does your church supply pitchforks and torches? Because <laughs> there's some times where I've preached before, and it's like, I know these guys want to burn me at the stake. I'm like, amen. I know where I'm going. It's an e-ticket. I call it an e-ticket. Okay? Uh, hit the elevator, and you're going up. But Look at yourself. Do you have a faith that's demonstrated? If you say to yourself, I didn't say this at first service, but it tend, I, you know, I used to preach three services at, at a time in a weekend, and all the, God, all, the, all the words were the same except for what I was saying. But I want to share this with you. Uh, if if you have a faith, a Christian faith is not a personal, private, it's not a private faith. And some of you may not want to hear, have, have me say that. If Jesus was private, he wouldn't be walking around. He would have just locked the door and become an extrovert. Some people, an introvert. Some people, told you about that English thing. English has too many words, I think, right? But you can't, yes, you can be an introvert to a degree. But if Jesus locked himself away, how would those things be fulfilled? He had to be amongst people. Jesus says to us, you know, he talks about a lamp. What good is a lamp if you're going to put a, a bowl over it? Some of you guys are walking around with bowls. And you have the most life-giving, life-saving message that you could give to your neighbors, your family, your enemies. And Christ tells us to do it. So please, 
I used to do that too. Oh, I have a private faith. That's not biblical. You have a personal faith, but then you're called to share that personal faith. So private faith is, is different. Don't believe that. That's from the gates of hell. Private faith. So let's look at what uh, uh, Paul said. And this is truth too. You are saved by grace and faith, not works. For by his loving favor, his grace, you have been saved from the punishment of sin through faith. Faith in Jesus. It is not by anything you have done. Okay, so you can't earn it. You cannot earn it. No, one iota. You can't earn it. It is a gift of God. It is not given to you because you worked for it. It's not a paycheck. If you could work for it, you would be proud. You could boast. We are his work. We, all of you, are all God's work. He has made us to belong to Christ Jesus. So God made us to belong to Jesus so we can what? Work for him. Work for him. He planned that we should do this. From before you were born, God made up, had plans. There were plans for you. Now, don't get me wrong, okay? I love how we worship here. I'll go to other churches. It, hymns had to grow on me. Okay, I had to go. I went to other churches and stuff, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, didn't I hear this on Little House on the Prairie? You know, and it's not bad. You know, when you can jazz up a hymn, you can slow down a contemporary song. You know, there's all kinds of, but guess what? We're worshiping one God. It's not for us. We're worshiping God. But here's the thing. If this is all your life is, you're, you're missing the message. Sunday morning, you're a Sunday morning Christian. Sometimes my southern stuff comes out of that. And that ain't good. Okay? It's like sometimes I can go, I'm so country, I carry corn in a bucket. Right? All right. I, honestly, I, I only thought there was one kind of corn uh, until I moved up here and realized there's feed corn. And my wife said, get out of that field. Okay? I, I wasn't completely transformed then. But uh, that's called theft. Okay? <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, he has plans for you. God has plans for you. You know that crazy coworker? Guess what? He has plans for you. He has plans for them. That crazy neighbor? I'm that crazy neighbor. You don't want to move in my neighborhood. Right? But he has plans for them. He has plans for them through you. I shared this at the last sermon. I have a friend named, I'm going to call him Rick. All right. Uh, what did I say? What did we go call him? A little louder. Okay, now I know you're hearing or listening. Okay, so we're going to call him Rick. So when I was running around, I thought I was a Christian. I was having problems with drugs, alcohol, pornography, violence, you name it. Okay, I was in the Marine Corps. Uh, when I was 17, joined the army afterwards. I told you about that. But hey, man, I just wanted to be okay and pull a trigger. So I joined a, a scout sniper team, 
went to combat several times so I could just let my anger out and get a paycheck for it. Okay. One of the things that changed me is when my son was born, my youngest son. But I still wasn't altogether there. So what ended up happening was uh, I didn't change. First five years of my marriage with my wife, Carmen, was terrible. The only reason why she didn't leave, and she told me, is because I made it. She says, I made a covenant with Jesus Christ, with God, through the Holy Spirit, that I'm going to remain married to you. And I'm going to honor that, even if you're not. Yeah. Boy, that was like. <laughs> That's my heart. Okay. So she was like, I'm not. And I didn't quite understand, and I battled it. I battled with it, and I said, you know what? Maybe if I get more head knowledge. So I started studying the Word and reading it. You know, if you, if you read the Word, it will be tra- you'll transform. How was that transforming? Okay? There was a guy I used to work with. His name was Rick. And uh, he was in charge of tool and die at this factory I worked at. And he was a bear of a man. He was this tall. About your height. And he was like a monster, okay? And he used that to his advantage because if he didn't want to do anything, he'd scare everybody off. But I'm stupid, okay? So he never, he never scared me off. I thought of it as a challenge. You know, I was like, hey, man, hey, 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 come here, I'm a, come here, Rick. We need some help over here. And, uh, and, you know, I think he felt bad for me because he can crush me like a can and stuff. But we started talking and stuff like that, got to know him, mean guy horrible, kind of like me, his wife and his, his, his wife and his kids couldn't, they were just afraid of him. So years later, we moved back into the area, and my, I did not want to go to a church, I didn't want to find a church, and so my wife Karen said, forget it, if you're not going to go to church, I'm going to go to church, I'm just going to go without you, I'm going to bring the boys, and I said, you just find a church and I'll go. So guess what, she found a church. And I decided to go. I was like, fine. I, I said, I'll go. Well, lo and behold, when I walked up to the front door, who's there to greet me? Rick. And he's different. Okay? He's, this is when you wore a suit and tie. Okay? He wore a suit and a tie, and he was all shaven. His hair was actually combed. He had a smile on his face. I didn't know he had teeth. Okay, and he's like looking at me, and he goes, I go, Rick? And he goes, God bless you, Ramon, for coming to our church. Come on, let's go worship together. Now, I professed to him that I was a Christian before I left. But about a year later, after hanging out with him and realizing, dude, what made you change? You are not the same person I remember. And he goes, well, he goes, I told you that I was a Christian. I said, yeah. I said, I told you I was a Christian. So we got that in common. And then he goes, but I started believing him. I started following him. Little by little, I became obedient to what he shared with me. I took what word I was learning and saying, I can have a whole head full of knowledge. If I don't put it into practice, what good is it? So he started putting it into practice. And the Holy Spirit started changing him, little by little. And it made me realize, that's where I'm going wrong. My faith was not 
real faith. It was just a bunch of words. It was a dead faith. So just to bring you up to speed as we move along, I'm getting ready to go see my father. He left us when, we were kid, when I was a kid. I was the oldest boy in a bad neighborhood. And uh, my mom did not know how to speak English very well. She came from, like I said, she came from the Philippines. And I was angry with that man. And when he finally came back, we did not do well together. I was the one that was being brought home by the cops, running with a gang, not paying attention, not doing the things I was supposed to do. So when I left home, that's one reason why I joined the Marine Corps when I was 17. I was like, I got to get out of here. And when I finally started changing, when the Holy Spirit started changing me, because I'm not taking credit for it, I'm just taking credit for the fact that God, I can't even take credit for this. God put it, he took my heart of stone and gave me a heart of flesh and, and said, you know, hey, it's okay, man. We'll grow as you grow. Well, you know, I'm, I'm walking along with you. I called my dad, 35, 40 years old, in the middle of the night because what woke me up was if I forgave you, why can't you forgive him? So normally when I call, my mama picks up the phone. She did not pick up the phone. It was my father. So now I'm caught. Like when I used to sneak out of the house. He was the one that woke up. And he picks up the phone. He goes, what's wrong, son? And I just started crying. And I said, Dad, I love you. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. Dad, I've hated you for so long. And you're just a human being. You're just a man. That made a mistake. Please forgive me. And he said, You, why well, I need you to forgive me for leaving. And I said, I forgive you. And he goes, Basically, why? Why are you calling? I said, Because God forgave me and I'm supposed to forgive you. I need to forgive you. So if that had never happened, if the Holy Spirit did not transform me, I wouldn't be seeing him right now. And he's getting closer and closer to dying. I probably still, I probably, my mind when my mindset was to leave my wife and kids because I didn't want to keep putting them through everything. Now my boys call me and they listen to me and they want my opinion and my advice. And I only give it to them when they ask. My wife and I, have, we are empty nesters and we're enjoying it. Yeah, I, I'm like a little kid. When she leaves, I'm literally peeking out of the window to find out when she's coming back home because I love her so much. But that is what real faith does. That is what real faith does. Do you have real faith? I'm not here to question it. I don't, I, I don't know if you're an apple or orange tree. Are you producing food, fruit? For by, for by his loving grace, okay, I got that. He has made us to belong to Christ Jesus so we can work for him. We need to work for him. He planned that we should do this, that we should work for him. So this is what Jesus says about a true follower. 
It is true, every good tree has good fruit. Every bad tree has bad fruit. Makes sense. A good tree cannot have bad fruit. A bad tree cannot have good fruit. Every tree that does not have good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So you will know them by their fruit. Okay, I'm not saying that if you had accepted Jesus Christ when you were 18 and now you are 58 and you haven't produced any fruit, you're getting chopped down. No way. This is wisdom here. It's not too late. One of the things my mother-in-law shared with me was not when I was scaring my kids was, Ramon, it's not too late. It is not too late. So long as you're living and breathing, you can still glorify God. You can still manifest that fruit if you allow him to. It is not too late. But they will know you by your, you will, they'll know you by your fruit. They'll know you by your fruit. Here's another thing Jesus said. When you give much fruit, my father is honored. This shows you are my followers. So Jesus says, if you are bearing fruit, you're my followers. What are you bearing? Are you bearing anything? The reason I'm doing this is because, you know, I, lo- I love you all. Like Lupe said, you know, you're my brothers and sisters. You know, remember that movie White Checks? Okay, when I'm around Mexicans, they look at me and they're like, what is that guy? Okay, when I'm around Filipinos, they're like, what is that guy? Okay, so I really never belong to one, any one culture. I belong to y'all. You may not want me, but you're my brothers and sisters. And I love you. I love you very much. So I am here to encourage you to grow fruit. Do it one time. Find something in the word, something that you may have memorized, and say, okay, I am going to apply this until it bears fruit. Just do one thing. Please. It's not for me. It's to honor God. You do this faith out of love. So here's three points to ponder. Is there evidence of spiritual growth in your life and lifestyle? In your life and your lifestyle, there's two different things. How are you living? How are you living? Can I look at your life? Christ, look at your life. Someone used to say, hey, you want want to show me how you live your life? Give me your checkbook. Don't, hey, that's no, don't give me your checkbook. I couldn't balance mine to save my life. That's why my wife doesn't. Okay, she, I call her my accountant. Okay? But how are you living your life? Do you find yourself loving God and, more, and people more and more over your faith journey? I knew that I was growing. One of the reasons why we had a school shooting and my wife was uh, in the school. She worked in the school. And this kid brought a shotgun to the school and started shooting people. And in our church, we all started praying for the family who got shot. And I was on the board of elders, and I said, why are we not praying for the family that did, the kid that did the shooting? Obviously, something's going on in that family. There's a change that needs to start happening. There's stick to change in the way you do things and you see things. Pray for your enemy. 
And here's the last thing. Do you share Christ with those around you? Rex said a few weeks ago when, when we, my wife started coming here, by uh, 2030, that's only eight years away, uh, the statistics say that less than 80% of the nation will profess that they're Christians or will actually be Christians or something like that because we know there are a lot of people that profess Christ as the Lord, but they don't, they don't, they're not living it. They want spiritualism. They want whatever, but they don't want Christianity. Are you sharing Christ with people? Or is it just staying in this room where it's comfortable? I just need you to know, when James was the bishop of, uh, of uh, the church, when he, was, when he was writing this, they were persecuted. The Jews were killing him, and the Romans were killing him for being what? Christians. So they wouldn't say they were Christians, but most of them wouldn't even live as Christians because they, they were scared of getting killed. Well, that's not happening right now. All we're doing is going to get in trouble and someone uh, is going to start yelling at you probably and start saying that you're intolerant and you know, you're offending me and you have word violence and, and things like that, whatever. But if it's gospel truth, I love you. I love you enough to share it with you. So are you sharing Christ with people? Last is a faith that works is a faith that works. So if it, you have real faith and it works, it's a faith that works. It's, quimp, it's, it's simple. I got to keep it simple, Ramon. Okay? K-I-S-R. I won't, I, I wouldn't, uh, most military manuals are written on, written on a fifth and eighth grade level. There's a reason for that. Okay? So uh, a faith that works is a faith that works. So I think I got this nailed down from uh, last time I'm going to pray. I'm going to call the guys and girls up and because last time I started walking away. <laughs> so we're going to be here a long time. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, that we could come together and study this precious word that you've given us. From your Bible, and although that the word, world is denying you and denying uh, what you have to say, it still is truth. Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit just put a fire in our souls, in our minds, in our hearts, in our hands, in our feet, that we start living out the things that we're learning, that we have a faith that works. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.